And welcome to another edition of Going Greyhounds for Tuesday, January 23. My name is Kat Ernst and joining me as he does each and every Tuesday is Tab's Greyhound guru, Jared Daffy. Good morning to you, Daff. Good morning, Kat. How is sunny Queensland up there? Is it a little bit more tolerable than the weather that they turned on for me last Thursday night? No, it's not so. Uh, no, it's not so clear today. It's rather bizarre, isn't it? Um, every day there just seems to be um, a very oppressive conditions as they were Thursday night. We didn't get through half the meeting due to the rain, but Saturday morning it was a good move to race. Saturday morning there was some criticism around, and I can't understand why because trainers had an option to scratch if they chose to. But um, they went round, and it wasn't that hot at that stage of the day. It did get pretty hot during the day, but uh, obviously we've got uh, the heats of the gold bullion, etc., this Thursday night, and there's more rain around as this cyclone approaches the the northern tropics, but we'll see whether it makes its way down our way. Absolutely. So we've got those Group 1 heats coming up at Albion Park this Thursday, so all eyes will be on the Sunshine State, hopefully, on Thursday night, but... We also had a Looked mass- like they were struggling for entries, by the way. I see um, most of the meeting was held over until 9am this morning. Uh, might only be three or four heats of the gold bullion, which uh, which is a little bit strange given the prize money on offer. Yeah, I think it's um, we touch on this quite often, Daff, that just with so many feature races on, it's hard, yep. to, hard to attract the dogs. But um, no doubt there will be quality if there's not quantity. Um, we also had three Group 1s and a Group 2 at Wentworth Park on Saturday night, and we're going to dive straight into that action. The first replay we're going to listen to is Gets Late Early, winning the Group 1 National Futurity. Set. And they're racing now, beginning fast. Box three gets late early. Ain't waiting, showing speed, zipping Teresa out well and getting right up on the inside now is Hurricane Rain. So as they go to the back and it's gets late early who leads from Hurricane Rain to second. Ain't waiting's run, zipping Teresa off the track, getting up on the inside, zipping Lessie. They're followed by Camilla keeping. Well back, Aunt Virginia got into desperate trouble. Race in two at the turn. Gets late early, a length in front. Hurricane Rain tries hard. Gets late early, holding on. Gets late early. Won the futurity, beats Hurricane Rain. Third ain't waiting and four zipping Lessie. That was Gets Late Early winning the Group 1 National Futurity. And Duff, we're just getting Minnie up on the board at the moment. But before we are joined by her, just a, a quick comment on that run because it was a, a phenomenal performance from a dog considering the, I guess, exposure to 500-metre racing at Wentworth Park racing mm. that she's had. Yeah, well, she... She's got the early pace and, and hung on to win in 29.85. Gee whiz, if there was ever a dog bred to be a star, it's this one, flying Ricardo out of Poco Dorado. Uh, obviously, uh, that particular line has got some strength. I'm not quite sure how far gets late early will go as far as distance range is concerned, being by flying Ricardo. But we just say it over and over again, Cat. When you're in front, they've got to run you down. Definitely, that is the case. Um just that dog's racing style, it was funny talking to Minnie Finn on the way to the box as she was sort of commenting that um, they only threw the dogs in the series mm. um, when they were struggling for nominations for the Futurity and she was sort of pointing out a few flaws that she had that she wanted to get off the track. But um, a little bit like Transponder down in Victoria, um, he does the same thing. He wants to shift up the track and I think um, people often forget how fast of a dog he actually is. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean... You can, you know, you can draw inside and race in the middle of the track, and and people want to say that you're a risk, and sometimes they are. But when they've got pace like this, five thirty-five early, it doesn't really matter where you draw. In fact, um, 
you, you, well, you get a bit of price, don't you? But uh, sometimes it mightn't be the case where they're suited out in the pink if they've got other speed inside them, but uh, well, it's got genuine pace, this one. And, of course, it was a pretty special win, speaking to Minnie Finn off mm. the back of the, the run, um, walking back from the boxes. Her first Group 1 and feature race final after the passing of John late last year. Yeah, it was a terrific interview, Kat, because you know we, we saw the human element of um, of devastating circumstances like that. We all know uh, John had been pretty sick for uh, well, for several years and unfortunately passed away. And I suppose as each of these milestones come along, you know, the, the first anniversary or uh, your first winner or your first group race, it, it always means something. It quite clearly meant a lot to Minnie and her family on, on Saturday night. It certainly won't be the last, but... Um, you know, John lives on in, in these victories. Absolutely, he does. And things aren't slowing down for Team Finn. Uh, Minnie's heading up to Gosford tonight. She's got three in the Summer 600 series. Um, those heats, I don't know if you've had a chance to look over them, Daft, but they are red hot. I only, ha- only had a quick skim. Uh, you're right, they're terrific fields. Um, I'll just run through a couple of them now. So the first of them is race six at Gosford tonight, and it's a... a Absolutely, I think it's the hardest heat. There's Sandstorm Rico um, that goes around in that one up against Like Wildfire, Zipping Orlando and Nangar, Lucy Duff. Um, yeah, I stacked. read an article last night, Like Wildfire, uh, back in the Ivers camp, so it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Yep, the second heat is race seven at 11 minutes past nine, Phase Magic. Uh, he's been racing really well up in Queensland. I know she got beaten last start up there, Duff, but... Pre- Prior to that, she was going absolutely outstanding. Yeah, she was. She won the Group 1. Uh, she was beaten on that heavy track last Thursday night. I don't think it could take too much away from her there. Uh, assuming she wins tonight, she's the fave, has ability, the second pick. He obviously uses a bit of the track for Stuart Hazlitt. But phase magic, you would say, uh, in all likelihood, will we'll, we'll definitely get an invite into the rookie rebel and might well get a run in the final field as well. The third heat of the Summer 600 is race number eight. It's at 9.31pm tonight. And another cracking field. We've got Father Rick, who is an old boy now, Daft, but Jeezy's racing well, and he goes up against Zipping Caleb and Zipping Ronaldo. Yeah, he is. His form was terrific at Dapto. He, he went south. He ventured south and was able to win there. He's been up north, so he's had a couple of weeks off now. But from the draw... I. It looks like he'll probably lead tonight, Cat, and if he does, he's going to be hard to beat. But obviously, the Finn duo of Zipping Caleb in five and Zipping Ronaldo out in eight, uh, they're, they're going to be suited by the smallish field. But yeah, you're right, they do really good heats. So three heats of that summer six hundred coming up at Gosford tonight. That was a quick snapshot of them. Unfortunately, we're having a bit of trouble getting onto Mini Finn Daff, so we might take a quick break here on Sky Sports Radio and crack into talking about the National Derby next. Did you know that English Classic is the only sale you could have purchased the winners of each of the Everest, Golden Slipper, Melbourne Cup and Blue Diamond in the past 10 years? Catalogue available now at inglis.com.au. Don't miss the sale at Riverside, February 11 to 13. Hey, Todd Gurley here, catching all the Super Bowl action here at the Gold Coast Turf Club. Don't miss the Gold Coast's official Super Bowl viewing party in the Gold Coast Turf Club's Tab Auditorium, Feb 12. Book now. We're on. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. The Vince Curry Memorial, to be staged at the Ipswich Showgrounds on Saturday, February 3, is Australia's richest maiden series with outstanding prize money of $75,000 to the winner. The winner's honour roll includes Queensland Hall of Fame inductees, high earner and just the best, making this event the nursery of future champions. 
Go to racingqueensland.com.au for further information. Queensland is racing. You know the feeling when your mate's golf ball flies past yours? Or when you're on the green in regulation, but he holds it from the bunker? At Drummond Golf, we get it. That's why we have our lowest price guarantee. As Australia's biggest, you can count on our massive buying power for the lowest prices in golf. But if you do happen to find a lower advertised price, we'll beat it. The Drummond Golf lowest price guarantee. Unbeatable. Conditions apply. Don't miss the 2024 Big Sports Breakfast Lunch. And we want to have a good time. An afternoon of food and refreshments, laughter, terrific company and a four-hour beverage package all at our new venue, Allianz Stadium. Come and join the BSB team plus our many special guests on Friday, March 15. You can purchase tables for 10 people or just individual seats. Away, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. For more info, head to allianzstadium.com.au slash lunch and buy your tickets today. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Racing now. History's coming. Box four left brilliantly straight to the lead. And he dashes away by three lengths. Over to second is You Never Lose. Luai Banner third getting up on the rails as Blue Falcon. They're followed by Bianca's boy. There was trouble back in the field. Eyes to eyes check with August Bob and Good Odds Cobber out the back. But History's coming off the back is flying. Eight in front of You Never Lose. They're followed by Blue Falcon. But History's coming. Announces himself on the big stage with a brilliant derby win. History's coming beats you never lose and Bianca's boy fourth blue falcon therefore that was history's coming with a brilliant win in the group one national derby on saturday night and we're lucky enough to be joined by his trainer tom rees now good morning to you tom morning cat uh just talk us through how the last few days have been for you tom because no doubt it's been an absolute whirlwind of emotions for you yeah the ups and the downs, I think, leading into the race. I was, most of the most of my time was down in the back shed with the dogs and then to get through Saturday night and to have yesterday to reflect on it and just the amount of support I've received from people I didn't even think would congratulate me and everything like that. It's a little bit overwhelming and just a really good feeling that We've knocked the group one off on our first attempt with these pups and, yeah, just riding the high. But I'm off to trials today, so work doesn't stop and continues. But, no, we're really happy and excited what we could see in the future with these two pups. Tom, aside from the win, there was two things that stood out to me. Firstly, what a brilliant call by... Uh, by Matty Jackson. He captured the moment uh, down to a T. But secondly, the interview um, with Cat after the race. And we've mentioned this before, but it, it was never more evident than there what it actually meant to you uh, to get this group winner. What was going through your mind when he was in front? Uh, I think Cat said to me after the race, I was riding him over. Even behind the box, so I looked back and watched the replays. I'm like a jittering mess. I'm just up bobbing around in front of Frank. And I, I, we knew the dog had it in, but all I saw was a wave of blue out of the box. And as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, he, he, he's done it. And 
over when I went back through the replays, he's over 70k. He's going through a corner, which I'm just amazed at, and then down the back and to then run home like he did. So yeah, I, I, I was just speechless, speechless at the time, and I, I, I think my father-in-law said, "Oh, we, we, they didn't get the um, the sound and." I really can't probably remember all the things I said to Cat because even when I got down to the winning post and had a quick interview there, I said to Sheree, I just was full of emotion and it just meant so much to me because the dogs do mean a lot to me and it, they, they, they consume my life and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. The efforts that go in to get the dogs to this level and it, 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 it's so time-consuming. It, it basically, that's I think... My results speak for himself. The last six months, I sort of back in July, I, I went down the back shed and I never went back to work. I sort of had a bit of a think to myself and said, "Well, the time's now to give this a real good shot." And yeah, so I, I'm full on at this now. So which is yeah, to get the result and sort of rewarding that my my time and my effort to paid off and for the dog himself to achieve. Um, what he's done at such an early age, it's uh, quite incredible for him to, to keep doing what he's doing on the racetrack. Not only that, Tom, but it's absolutely remarkable because this dog came into the series having not had a public or a race start at Wentworth Park. I believe he'd only had the one trial there. He'd never had a 500-metre run in his life, and the same can be said for his sister who ran second in the Group 1 National Futurity on the same night. So... Um, I, I guess it just shows the natural ability that both of these dogs have got and um, you, you just sort of sit there in awe and think what could be possible for their futures. Yeah, I've I got approached, like I've had a relationship with Paul Ballantyne, the owner of um, History's Coming. The first dog I trained for him was Allnose and Paul, he, he knows his uh, breed down to a T and when I got approached to breed this litter, I, I jumped at the jumped out with everything to, to get the opportunity to get some speed and the belief was we breathe for speed and then we'll let the mum get her traits into the dogs and Paul and I, people might think we're silly but we aim to be the, the best and achieve the most in greyhounds and to have a dream you've got to have goals and to achieve those dreams and I think our goals were we want to race at Wentworth Park so... <laughs> We educated the pups at Wentworth Park. They, we, we, we didn't go show them other tracks and other couple of processes, which I might start dogs up at Gosford or Richmond or um, up at the garden. But we, we just focused purely where we believe these dogs are going to race at. It could have bit us um, down the track, but I think I've always um, had that mindset. If you, if you believe something and... You, you put everything into it, 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 it comes to um, fruition, which it did. So, yeah, they, they had been schooled there, Kat. But, uh, yeah, to, to, I think that in the heat, they hadn't been out of their boxes for at least four months. And, yeah, I think coming out of that four in the final, he knew where he was. He, 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 was at, he felt like at home. And you could see it in the stir-up that he knew where he was. And, yeah, he, he showed us what he's made of. Tom, you mentioned you had a bit of a life-changing moment back in July. What what were you employed as before you got into the Greyhounds full-time and how many have you got now? So, 
my first job was working up at Wheelers, and I, I love the greyhounds. I, I wanted to do it, but I'm the eldest of five, single mum, and we didn't have a lot. We lost our house, and we, so I had to, my mum just said, if you want to make it in life, you got to go get land, and you got to work for it. So my uncles and my family were builders, painters, bridges, etc. So I put myself for uni and became a builder, and... Um, I specialise in the construction of aged care and hospitals and it got to a level where I actually was removing myself from the construction side of it and probably the last, I've been doing that for 24 years and the last um, five or six years, I was just dealing with people and sometimes I could be up to 300 people a day and I think during COVID it was just getting really difficult and getting on top of me and oh, it, was, it got to the point I, I sort of, you call it a breakdown or whatever we call it. I got down the back and I looked around and the dogs made me happy. And I said, well, I'm 40 years old now. I don't want to be 60 years old and then trying to make it in ground. Then I think mm. the time, it was just the right time. And I had at that stage, I was, I was working full time. and I had a couple of grounds as, as a hobbyist and, and, and was going pretty good. I had some winners at Wentworth Park and, and provincial tracks and, I think I thought, well, no, I've got to have a full-time crack at it. So I think at the moment I've got 16 um, race kennels. I think half of them are injured dogs, but they're coming back into pre-training at the moment. And I've built a 14-bay oh. um, um, outdoor, enclosed outdoor area. It just, it's exactly the same as the race kennels. It just doesn't have the air conditioning and everything in it. And that's for um, pre-trainers and then a couple of... Um, close friends, industry participants and that if they have some trouble with dogs that either can't be broken or educated elsewhere, um, they get in contact with me. I do the hard work and get them going for them. So, um, at the property at now, I've probably got yeah, probably about 28 on the, on, in, in regards okay. to race dogs and pre-trainers. I've got a litter of nine um, Aston Rupees on the property as well, rearing them, which are, I think, eight months old. So, full on, <laughs> very busy life. Well, it's exciting and you're getting the, reaping the rewards of all the hard work that you've put in, Tom. And last one for me, I, I suppose, is where to next for these two special special canines that you've got at the moment? Uh, probably look at, I uh, just saw the nomination for Wentworth Park extend this week. So I have um, nominated to go back down there. And that's more just probably just seeing if they can back at three weeks in a row and probably give them that bit of experience that, later down in um, March, April, you've got the Easter egg, which is a three-week series, so it should just be a good learning curve to see what we've done the last fortnight and, and can we continue it into this week coming. And, and then they'll um, just be eased off for a fortnight and we'll prepare them both for um, Bulleye. And then from Bulleye, there's a couple options. We'll just probably stay in New South Wales up to the Easter egg, but there's a race at tomorrow, which the dog may look at, and then I'm not umming and with uh, Richmond. I do think uh, Hurricane would go really good there, just with her explosive speed out of the box, but I'm not a fan of the Richmond 500. It's one of those things, move the box back 15 metres, I'd be there for sure with both of them, but yeah, I'm not going to rule it out yet, but yeah, that, that's just undecided if we go there or not today, so... Nice problem to have. I mean, they're still pretty young, aren't they? They're not two until April. And the beauty of history's coming. We saw what he was capable of at uh, Wendy Park last Saturday night, but he's been around Bulleye sub-26, so he can handle any track. Uh, looking forward, look, 
people might think myself and Paul are crazy, but we know the line, we know, we know the, 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 the Dan line and that, and these, the, the previous litters and dogs that have come from this um, line, it's not really two, two and a half years old that they even show what they would be showing now, and, and even the litter of Toxic Label and Rapid Rascal, they, they couldn't run any time until they were at least over two years old, and then all of a sudden we took them into town and they're running 29 29.8. So for these guys to do it at such a young age, um, yeah, it's exceptional. And I've got a third one at home. I was setting her up for the um, the big maiden. We, we had a good chance in the Robert Smith last year. Uh, I was going to go back up there because that would have been a nice uh, maiden to put her in, but she's come on season... Um, the other week, so we won't make that race. But, yeah, there's a, a third one that I train um, that will be probably around the scenes in, in probably about three months' time as well. Well, Tom, terrific performance, full-time trainer. Now you've got a group one in the bag already. I'm quite sure we haven't seen the last of histories coming and or hurricane rain in these feature races coming up and look forward to seeing them go around Saturday night. All the very best. No, I appreciate the support, guys. Thank you for the phone call. All the best. There he was, Tom Reeves. Uh, it was hard not to be impressed with history's coming the other night, Cat. That explosive speed from the boxes, and he maintained it all the way around 29.54 at only his 10th start. Absolutely. He looks a special dog in the making, and I'm not taking anything away from his sister, Hurricane Rain, either, who was, I no. thought she was a really solid performance in the Group 1 National Futurity behind the Finns dog. And, um, yeah, I think both of them are going to have very bright futures, and, um, you know, there's so much coming up for the young dogs and even the sex races down in um down in Melbourne in May you've got the Harrison Dawson and the Sapphire Crown then of course um there's back here for more uh sex racing in uh in, I think it's June back at Wentworth Park so mm. there's going to be plenty coming up for them all right we might take a short break and after the break we're going to catch up with Sandra Birmingham the owner of Dutch Riot Heavy track today. Who are you thinking? Mm, not vibing risky lettuce. Getting sinker vibes. Risky name. Feels risky. Yeah, right. Though, says on the tab app she's firming. Ah. Don't just vibe it. Get expert tips and sky racing analysis in Tab's new race feed. Yeah, actually, I'm getting swimmer vibes. Going with her. Of course you are. Tab. We're on. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. The Australian Women's Health Diary does more than help organise our lives. It's packed with expert health advice important to every woman. Plus, every diary sold supports research into the treatment, prevention and cure of breast cancer. Just $19.99 from newsagents, Woolworths, participating post offices and online at womenshealthdiary.com.au. The Australian Women's Health Diary, the diary that saves lives. Buy one for yourself and the special women in your life. Inglis Classic is the best value healing sale in the Southern Hemisphere. Producing more Australian stakes winners since 2018 that could have been bought for $100,000 or less than any other sale. Catalogue available now at inglis.com.au. Sale is at Riverside, February 11 to 13. Don't miss the 2024 Big Sports Breakfast Lunch. And we want to have a good time. An afternoon of food and refreshments, laughter, terrific company and a four-hour beverage package all at our new venue, Allianz Stadium. Come and join the BSB team plus our many special guests on Friday, March 15. You can purchase tables for 10 people or just individual seats. Away, baby, let's go. 
We're going to have a good time. For more info, head to allianzstadium.com.au slash Lunch and buy your tickets today. Hey, Todd Gurley here, catching all the Super Bowl action here at the Gold Coast Turf Club. Don't miss the Gold Coast's official Super Bowl viewing party in the Gold Coast Turf Club's Tab Auditorium, Feb 12. Book now. We're on. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Racing now, Dutch Ride away cleanly enough. He'll go through and he will lead. Dutch Ride at the first turn, kick clear by three. Up to second is My Hepburn railing through Nangar Larry to fourth is Comet Cost. They're followed by Idolize. Well back in the field, Go Bears, zipping Novak, Tor Commander out the back. Dutch Ride leads off the back by a length on My Hepburn. Nangar Larry tried to go for an inside run, got chopped out. Dutch Ride, the Victorian superstar, kicked away and Dutch Ride has won the pause of Thunder brilliantly over my Hepburn. Nangar Larry third, Comet Cost fourth. That was Dutch Riot, a brilliant winner of the Group 1 Pause of Thunder at Wentworth Park on Saturday night. It was last of the Group 1s, but certainly not least. And his owner, Sandra Birmingham, joins us now. Good morning to you, Sandra. Good morning, Pat. How are you? I'm very well. I'm tipping not as good as yourself and your husband, Colin, because that was an absolutely phenomenal performance on Saturday. Just talk us through the run from where you were standing up in the grandstand. So I, I've been was so nervous I could barely speak, and then when he jumped and he got just a little bit in front, I just thought oh, we he's got an opportunity here. If he goes on with it, um, because there were just so many great dogs in the race, he was super fast. But the minute he jumped and he got pushed around that first turn, I thought if he can hang on and do everything right, um, you know we have a little bit of luck, then we could be in with a chance here. And one of my girlfriends was um, was in front of the uh, in front of me in the grandstand, and all she could hear was me screaming out, "Go, Dutchie!" <laughs> the whole way down the straight. So, yeah, it was an amazing race, just unbelievable. It was. He had the draw, um, Sandra, and and you're right though. There was plenty of pace in that race, but he actually began well a lot better than a couple of others. I thought might have been put able to put pressure on him early, and he he ran 29:32, but he didn't really break away until getting to the top turn, but from there on in, it was just all over. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. And um, and I'm just I'm so proud of Dutch for the way he handled himself in the field because there was a lot of, you know, speed looming and he showed that kind of late acceleration that comes from his grandma um, from Ready to Riot from Livy. So she had that signature late acceleration. And every time we see it um, in our dogs, it just brings back memories of her. So when he came around that, that third turn, I could see the seven looming and I thought, oh, no. But then he just kicked away and just came. And he was still getting getting away from them down the, um, down the straight, which just was so amazing to see. He just did an incredible job, Dutch. He was so proud of him. You mentioned his granddam ready to riot. Um, that's something I wanted to touch on, Sandra, because the dynasty that yourself and Colin have in greyhound racing is just something that is absolutely mind-boggling. So let's go back to ready to riot because she was a handy enough producer, but then she, of course, produced this fella's mother, Blue Sky Riot. She won a, a Group 1 National Futurity, and she also won an Oaks at Richmond. But not only that, but Blue Sky Blue Sky Riot's litter sister was Mystic Riot. She won a group, uh, sorry, not a group one, but a million dollar chase final, the inaugural one. Yep. Um, that's something that yep. everyone's going to remember those scenes of Peter Lagosiani dancing down the home straight there at Wentworth Park <laughs> and those post race scenes. But the incredible thing is her next litter, Whiskey Riot, won a group one Melbourne Cup and Fernando's Riot won an Australian Cup. Um, this, These dogs, this line that you've got in Greyhound Racing, 
Um, it's just absolutely staggering to think of the champions that it's produced. I know. We look. We're, we're so grateful and humbled by the success that that Livy's brought us. Um, she she was the the first greyhound that we had together. And uh, when Cole brought her home, he just said to me, I hope you don't mind, but I've brought a greyhound. And I was like, great, a dog, let's go. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> so um, he was a little bit relieved. So it's really just come on from there. And, and you know, we, we, Cole's dad was in greyhounds as well. So that's kind of where his interest came from. But, yeah, Livy was an, an incredible provider and, and a great dam. And she just um, she spent her last last years with us on the um, on a very comfy bed on the lounge and in the house with us and she's just produced you know some amazing greyhounds and continues to do so through the line so through through mystic ride and through um through blue sky ride as well so we're incredibly fortunate and just you know so lucky and blessed that Libby was in our life and, and was the, the real genesis of our um, you know, sort of our journey with greyhounds which has just been phenomenal and, and amazing but we're just so lucky. It has been a wonderful journey, Sandra. And what, four or yeah. five years ago, you, you made the big move from New South Wales to Victoria, yourself and Colin. What was the catalyst behind that? And I think you settled around that Ballarat area? Uh, we did. So, yeah, it was, down, it was just as the lockdowns were starting with COVID. So it's about, it was about three and a half years ago. And um, we, we both had the opportunity to do something um, Anthony, as a party, approached us and said that his property at Mount Mercer was available if we wanted to move there and, and to lease that. And we just thought, you know what, let's give it a go. We've been we, we've been doing this part time for years. Cole had been in it a lot longer than I had with his dad, but I, I loved it. So he introduced me to the sport, and I, I mean, I'm a huge animal lover and I love dogs, but I really enjoyed working with the greyhounds because they're just such a lovely breed. And I just saw how much happiness it brought to Cole and, and the that we have with his dad walking his greyhounds was just lovely and so we thought well we've been doing this part-time for you know several years now since we had Livy and so we thought let's give it a go you know let, let's take the plunge and, and move to Victoria and we were so grateful for the, all the support and help that Anthony and, and Kylie gave us and we moved into their property I think it was sort of July 1 just as the lockdowns were starting and Cole kind of just made it back in before they closed everything down and then you know, so starting even starting a new business in, in COVID seems insane, but we thought, you know what, we'll put our heart and soul into it. We'll see where we go. We've got, you know, some really, you know, an amazing bloodline and dam line with, with Livy. Let's see what we can do and if we can if we can do it. And, you know, it, it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of ups and downs and, you know, it's 24-7, but we really do love it. And, you know, we love the, the opportunity to do this full time. It's, it's just a dream come true for us. And last one from me, um, I didn't realise when I was interviewing Cole after the race, but it was actually his birthday over the weekend and what a birthday present yeah. that was. He, um, How was the celebrations afterwards? Uh, no, we didn't really get to celebrate too much because we had to drive home straight away. But um, yeah, we had a little um, had a little celebration when we got home and, and got everything done that we had to do during the day. So um, yeah, no, it was an amazing birthday present for him. I was so excited that he won and, and just what a way to remember his birthday. Yeah, it was an incredible gift, something we'll never forget. And Sandra, just going back to Dutch Ride himself, he's nearly three years of age, yeah. but he's only had the 21 yeah. starts. He's won 13 of those. He's, yeah. he's obviously had issues. Yes, he did have a couple of injuries early in his career. And um, we, when we brought him back home, um, it was just a simple 
thing. We put him in the run and all of a sudden, you know, he came back to us and he, was, he held his back leg up and we thought, oh, no. And it turned out that he had some um, bone chips in one of his hocks. So um, oh. we took him to Jez and said, no, look, what, what should we do about this? And he said, look, it's going to put a, a bit of a delay on, on his racing, but the best thing to do would be to open it up, get them out, clean it out, make sure there's nothing else in there that can impede him, um, stitch it back up, get him 110% and then race him. So that's kind of put him behind for the six to eight weeks, but we were, yeah, we had to be patient to make sure that he was absolutely 100% ready to go. And then when he started um, trialling and then, you know, winning his races and then he, when he broke the track record um, at Warrnambool, we just thought, wow, let, let's go with this, let's see what we can do with him. And he's just delivered, like he's been amazing. And he he's recovers so well, he travels beautifully, you know, he's been laying upside down in his kennel, that's how he sleeps on his back with his legs in the air. So, yeah, he's um, he's getting a very well-deserved rest this week and then, um, yeah, we'll go from there. Uh, that time he ran at Warrnambool, that's unheard of. I, I don't think they'll break yeah. that record for a long, long time. And finally, before we let you go, I was doing the form for Horsham <laughs> yesterday and I got to race six, number six, Sophia Wright, uh, right, yep. um, it's favourites, trained by John Caulfield, but the owner won S Birmingham. How did that come about? Oh, so it's, it's in the same litter. Yeah, I know so that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's um, she's a litter sister. So we're um, we we when we bought um, Dutch back, we just didn't have enough room for all of um, okay. all of our race dogs. So Caulfield um, does some training for us, and he's doing a fantastic job. So yeah, we're we're thrilled with how that's going. Yeah, it looks like uh, it'll be hard to beat today as well. Sandra, thanks for your time yep. this morning. Um, well, it's not unusual to get some terrific footage after races when people uh, win these group races, but uh, I must admit that the footage that we got of yourself and Colin on Saturday night, it'll be in the archives for a while. Congratulations, well done, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you again soon. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks, Kat, as well, for having me on this morning. It's been great talking to you both. And can I just say a bit of a shout-out to all the ones wonderful messages of congratulations and support that we've got. It's been amazing. Thank you. Sandra Birmingham, herself and Colin put the polish on Dutch right. Uh, gee, uh, they've, got, they've got a history, a wonderful history in greyhound racing over a shortish period of time, Cat. It's just incredible. I, you just sit there and just shake your head how... Um, you get how, a good line and it can lead yeah, to wonderful things. It can just set you up for life and that's exactly what Ready to Write's done for them and um, lovely people, Sandra and Cole. I was just yeah. saying off air that Sandra's one of the nicest, warmest people that you'll find in Greyhound racing and um, been lucky to know her for a few years since Mystic Ride. It comes racing. out. Yeah. It comes out when you interview them as well. I mean, obviously, the, the, the moment, it's terrific for them, but they're so thoughtful of everybody else around them. Yeah, and I think uh, the fact that they're very much aware of the good fortune that they've had in Greyhound racing and they're very humble with it. Um, makes all the difference too so um, can't speak highly enough of Colin and Sandra and wish them continued success moving forward with this wonderful line that they've got. Time for a quick break and after that we'll catch up with Mick uh, Mick Zammett from JSJ fame. You know the feeling when your mate's golf ball flies past yours or when you're on the green in regulation but he holds it from the bunker at Drummond Golf we get it that's why we have our lowest price guarantee As Australia's biggest, you can count on our massive buying power for the lowest prices in golf. But if you do happen to find a lower advertised price, we'll beat it. The Drummond Golf Lowest Price Guarantee. Unbeatable. Conditions apply. 
tab, we're on for faster live vision. You can now stream Sky 1 and Sky 2 action up to 14 seconds faster than ever before. So whether it's thoroughbreds, greyhounds or harness, you can now beat the jump with faster live sky racing vision. New on the Tab app. Tab, we're on. Available on the Tab app to tab account holders on the Tab iOS app. T's and C's apply. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Ready for a start? It's Canberra's first million-dollar race day, and it's on March 10. Black Opal Stakes, and the field is set. The John McGrath Auto Group Black Opal Stakes Race Day, with a massive 10-race program, including four stakes races highlighted by the Group 3 Black Opal Stakes and listed Tab Canberra Cup. The Rapaho for the Tab Canberra Cup. Don't miss out on this great day with food vans, pop-ups, and live music. All-inclusive packages, memberships, and tickets available at thoroughbredpark.com.au. Most people are unaware that bad bacteria can grow quickly in food that's stored, prepped or cooked incorrectly and that can lead to food poisoning. To avoid bad bacteria, always make sure your hands and cooking utensils are clean. Keep raw meat and chicken away from food that won't be cooked. Run your fridge at or below 5 degrees Celsius and use a meat thermometer to ensure your meat's being cooked to at least 75 degrees Celsius. For more tips on keeping bad bacteria at bay, visit foodsafety.asn.au. Hey, Todd Gurley here, catching all the Super Bowl action here at the Gold Coast Turf Club. Don't miss the Gold Coast's official Super Bowl viewing party in the Gold Coast Turf Club's Tab Auditorium, Feb 12. Book now. We're on. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. On Sky Sports Radio, let's get back to going greyhounds. Front. Look at him go early. Put four, five lengths on Kicker Bases. 5.51 early. He hugs that rail out of the straight. This is where he lets go. Jay as Jay put eight, nine on Kicker Bases. Jay as Jay looking to go back to back in the ticket. Off the back, 11.40. He's got that clock rocket again. Leads by seven around the home turn. Jay as Jay is going to annihilate Kicker Bases. It's the Jay factor in around 29.30. And he takes the golden ticket. He is an absolute freak of nature. Jay is Jay. He made a 29.5 dog round Albion Park look like a maidener and we're lucky enough to be joined by his trainer, Mick Zamet. Good morning to you, Mick. Morning, Kat. How are you? Very well, thank you. And you must be absolutely relieved and excited that your boy has secured that golden ticket finally straight into the Group 1 Gold Bullion in just under a fortnight's time. Yep, deja vu and away. Um, yeah, very good to make the final, and he, as he did last year, but a little bit... Um, less controversial, I suppose, with the dead heat um, with the ballot. But, yeah, it was great. Great to be in it. Mick, um, congrats again. Uh, we obviously had that the rest of that merging transferred from Thursday night until Saturday. Uh, the conditions were pretty heavy there on Thursday night, but he got the best of it on Saturday. Now, when he went over the line, there wasn't a very big crowd there, but I remember telling you later that uh, everybody had their eyes on that clock because it did show 29.30. Obviously, he's got the record of 29.35, and it was, I don't know, it, it sounded like, it felt like a bit of a downer when it was 29.37, so he didn't break the record. Uh, yeah, I know where you're coming from, but oh, when to run near his record, I mean, it's amazing, you know, but... Um, you know, have you, what do you, when you're running that close and that fast, I mean, hundreds are everything, you know, so, yeah. but um, no, it's still sensational. Now, he obviously made the gold bullion final last year, but 
it's amazing to think, Mick, that this dog's probably going better than he was this time last year. He's, of course, won the Million Dollar Chase. He ran a placing in the Group 1 Top Gun. Uh, he made the Phoenix final down there in Melbourne as well. And um, his form since heading home has just been absolutely outstanding. You must be just really thrilled with how he's going heading into the series this year and feel like this is if he's ever going to win one at home, this is his year. Um, exactly right. Um, he's got everything going for it. Um, he's beginning a lot better, more consistently. Um, and, you know, he's running very consistent, good splits around the 550 early, which is which is very good without being sensational, but it's very good. Not not a lot you know, under 50, I suppose, you know, but you do get the odd one sort of get in the mid, mid to late 40s. But, um, but just the, the way he's going and, yeah, it's just, he's, if he has any luck, he's, yeah, he's going to be hard in the final. You know, obviously box stores and opposition. So um, we'll find out Thursday night. And Mick, you mentioned after the race on Saturday, you weren't quite sure what you would do with him in the interim. Uh, perhaps a run post to post at Albion Park at some stage. Have you settled on that yet? You know what? It's it's a dilemma when you've got. Uh, normally, you know, when you if you make a final, you're you're racing the next week. So mm. with the extra week, it's it's great knowing you're in it. But it's always a, a dilemma because you you think, oh, do I do this? Do I do that? But I'm, I'm I haven't. We haven't really um, sort of pinned it down. I think last year we we elected not to, but the, there's a 12 day. It's not a two week, and I know it's only two days. But we're sort of thinking, oh, we've, we're still sort of working out what we do. We can we can keep him pretty fit with the way we work him. Okay. And it's just whether we give him another, put him behind the lure, or we just keep him going up the straight. Um, yeah. So really not sure. That to be honest. Yeah. Um, the funny yeah. thing is, Mick, he's not going to lose too much fitness if he's running 29.37 in, a, in no, 12 days' time. No, so he's probably got to no. fit up his sleeve, even if he was to lose a length and, or two in the run home. And, yeah, and he pulled up He, he pulled up better than, oh, probably as good as he ever pulled up. You know, you're thinking, oh, when I go that quick and on the hot day, you know, during the day, you always worry about all that, those sort of things. But, um, yeah, not, he's just sensational. So. And last one for me, Mick. Um, we just touched on the fact that he's won a million dollar chase and obviously raced so competitively down in Victoria, but um, there's no doubt that for yourself and for uh, Selena and of course her mum Lillian Jones, who owns this boy with you guys, um, a win in a big race on the home deck, considering the family history and what's involved in this boy. Of course, he's named after your late father-in-law. Um, if he was to, to win a, a big feature race on a home deck up there at Albion Park, no doubt that would be extra special for the family. That certainly would, Kat. Yeah, it'd be be amazing, you know. So we're, we're hoping we can go one better um, than, than he did last year. So. Well, Mick, you're in the final. Uh, that's a big tick. Um, nominations down. I see they held them over until 9 o'clock this morning, so I'm not even quite sure the level of opposition you'll have. But uh, you're already there. He was the $2.30 favourite in the pre-post market. So... He's going to be hard to beat, as is um, Val Policella for brother Tony. So no doubt we'll be speaking to you, Pair, over the next two or three weeks. All the very best, and thanks for your time, Mick. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Kat. See ya. Mick Samet, uh, Selena the trainer, but Mick, uh, well, he's the, the kennel hand. Does a good job, too. Well, he's deputising as trainer this week, I think, because Selena and Lillian are off uh, vacationing down in Hobart. So, oh, nice. Yeah, so um, nice nice life if you can uh, if you can get away for a few days, so... Um, yeah, no, it, the dog is absolutely flying at the moment. And uh, we just touched on the fact that Colin and Sandra Birmingham, how nice of people they are. You wouldn't, if 
find too many nicer people than Mick and Selena Zamet either. They're um, they put a lot into the industry over the years, and this is just a remarkable story with this fella too. Obviously, all the sentiment sentimental side of things that that go with his name and um, his backstory. Yep. So you always love to see um. Good people get rewarded with good dogs. That's right. Nice to see. Now, I just mentioned that those nominations were held over until this morning. So in the next hour or two, they should be out uh, for the Gold Cup over the long and obviously the Gold Bullion Heats at Albion Park. Uh, I'm assuming the boys will be working on the prices this afternoon. So hopefully they're up. We've got that meeting at Gosford tonight, uh, Tarolgan Cup Friday night. It doesn't stop, Cat. No, there's plenty on this week and... Uh, Heading back up to Queensland on Thursday night. Hopefully we don't get rained out again. Um, I'll be on track with yourself and Liam Mulry uh, on Sky Racing Active. So if you want the extended coverage, be sure to tune in. And yourself and I, Daff, will have our Chasing Winners column on the Sky Racing website a little bit later in the week as well. We will. You'll be on a first-name basis with all these pilots now, given uh, your jet around the world. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, no, uh, shout-out to my mate Fred that drove the plane last week. Is that what you say? Did he drive, <laughs> drive the plane, That's fly it. the plane? We'll get there. Yeah, we know what you mean. All right, that's another edition of Going Greyhounds. We'll come back next Tuesday and have a wrap of those heats and everything else that's gone on during the week.